Welcome to Leading from Alignment, a weekly podcast from Converge Coaching, where our passion is to help you lead better, lead longer, and enjoy it more. Well, welcome again to another episode, and today I'm here with, with uh, author, coach, and all-around good guy, John Opelowski, to help us again understand keys to being effective in ministry, effective in leadership, staying balanced, staying healthy. And uh, today, John, we're going to, I think a lot of people are, are, have been waiting for this one, and it's how leaders can get out of the way of, of, uh, of people serving. I, 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 it might be surprising that um, the, to people listening that that one of the number one issues that you face with pastoral burnout is pastors are doing dozens of things they're not the most gifted person to do they don't have the heart to do them that there are people in their church that God has sent to do them and they won't let them tell us tell us more about that well Jim the other day I was talking to a bivocational associate pastor uh, who was the guy for three months while his lead pastor was on sabbatical and he said something that was so stunning to me. It shouldn't have been, but it stunned me. He said, now that our pastor's on sabbatical, it's like a switch turned on with our people. They know they have to step up. Right. Uh, they can't rely on him to do all of the work because he's not here. And it's been an amazing season for us. <laughs> and now, I it, imagine the pastor wants to hear that when he comes back, but at the same time, you know, yeah. hey, we didn't miss you at all. Welcome back. Well, right. <laughs> you know, and when he said that, that, this question popped up in my mind. I wonder how many lead pastors get in the way of their people yeah. stepping up to serve just because they try to do it all, uh, because they get lost in the micro at the expense of the macro. You know, they favor the tactical at the expense of the strategic. So right. that's kind of where this thought came about. How do we get out of the way of our people? Yeah. Yeah. You know, Ephesians 2.10 says that we're God's workmanship and we're created in Christ Jesus to do good works that God prepared in advance for us to do. And that's not that's not a word to pastors. That's a word to people, right? right. So, And then was Ephesians 4 talks about the different gifts, you know, yes. the apostles and prophets. And then it says, you know, and to prepare God's people for works of service. The same word works in Ephesians 2.10 is the same word works in Ephesians 4. It, it, our job is to prepare people to be who God created them to be and then release them to do that, and right. so often we, we get in the way. Um, what what do you, you know? I'm a pastor. Um, I do this. My staff will tell you that I do this. Right. Uh, I, I get involved in meetings I shouldn't be involved in. I give opinions where where they're they're counterproductive. I you know. So what what are some like? Everybody likes to use the word hacks. Like give us some hacks to to get out of my own way, to get out of our own way, and and release people to to be who God created them to be. So, Jim, let's talk about it from a team perspective. You pastor a church of about uh, 1,200 people, so you, you have a significant team. But this is true for pastors who pastor churches that are much smaller, sure. too. They, they may not have paid staff, but they have a staff. They have a yeah. team where they should have a team. So, so here's the first hack, and uh, it's two words. Be clear. Yeah. <laughs> Be clear. And, and the way you're clear, you get clear, is by spending regular FaceTime with people. Now that, again. I say that's counterintuitive because I just said I want to delegate to people. Right. And you said, yeah, the way to do that is to, to not get out of their way, but like spend time with people. So right. if I hear what you're saying, spend time with the leaders that do the work. Yes. Don't spend time doing the work while the leader sits and watches you do it. Right. Let me give you an example. Yeah. Uh, when I was a, a multi-site campus pastor, I, I spent 90 minutes uh, of one-on-one -on -one FaceTime with each one of our team leads every month. 
Okay. So in those 90 minutes, we would celebrate wins. We would talk about challenges. Um, I asked them every month, uh, what are you dreaming about hmm. in your area of responsibility? Uh, you know, I would ask questions like this. Are you still having fun with right. the role? Uh, how can I help you? Who, who have you added to your team since our last meeting? Uh, because right. I, I wanted them to always be aware that team building was a big part of our yeah. expectation of them. Um, what can I specifically pray with you about? And, and what I discovered was this, that those one-on-ones every month bought, brought deep clarity to the team. Right. I mean, right. they didn't have to guess at what to focus on. They didn't have to guess what the desired outcomes were. I mean, FaceTime with them, it freed them and it freed me right. uh, to do our respective jobs. Proactive time. I, I imagine if yes. you hadn't. You would have had to spend at least that much time saying, hey, what you did, I, I don't want you to ever do again. Now feelings are hurt and people put their heart into something and it, it didn't please you know, the overall vision or leader. And so proactive time, was that a, a, a stitch in time saves nine? Is that a Ben Franklin? You know, I guess getting, so, yeah. Yeah, re- repairing something before it's truly damaged or maintaining something well is always better time spent building leaders, building right. teams than it is – you know, trying to put out every forest fire that's created by a team that has no idea where they're going. So I was very intentional about that, Jim. The, these team leads were all uh, all a volunteer. You know, right. they, they, they right. were full-time jobs in the corporate world. And uh, so we found uh, 90 minutes every month to be wow. together. And we would usually do it over a meal yeah. or over coffee, something like that that was convenient to them. And are spouses involved in that? Does it feel kind of like a double date, or is that just you? Is it more of a business setting over food? It depended. Like if if the team lead was a female, I brought my wife yeah. uh, with me. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, if it was a male, then it was usually just one-on-one. Yeah. I think it's funny. There's a social air to couples. Yes. There's a, there's a, there's a, a more serious, like I'm, I'm here giving you my attention Right. You know, it, it feels, I, I think both have a place, but, yep. you know, one kind of earns the right for the other one. So, so being, being clear, right. spending time proactively to, to gauge the things that you are, that you value, making sure they value them. What else, what else do you have? Uh, the second one is be simple. Uh, churches who try to do uh, too much end up doing nothing very well. Yeah. Um, you know, it's amazing to me, Jim, how many church leaders calendars and how many church calendars, by the way, are stuffed with activity? Yeah. Night after night, week after week. Uh, there was a church uh, several years ago I was helping, church of about 200 people. And uh, we were uh, doing some consulting work with them. Mm-hmm. And uh, so on Sunday, the first Sunday we were there doing our evaluation of what was going on on, on the weekend, uh, I picked up their bulletin, and they had something going on every night that week. Mm. This is a church of 200 people. Mm. So one of the first things I told that team in our in our meeting was, I looked at your bulletin, I got a headache. Yeah. <laughs> I said, how in the world is a church of 200 this busy? Yeah. Um, and, and so, uh, you know, I wonder, are we trying to do too much? Right. Because everything, you know, there's 200 people, and it's an average, what, 20 people would show up? But that, that and I'm all for using the building. Right. But, I, I almost guarantee you it's the same 20 people that feel pressured, that right. feel you know, compelled that in, in, a, in a church of 200 people, there's probably 40 people that do most of the work and they're involved right. in multiple things. When I first came here to, to the church that I lead now and, and served 25 years ago, there were 18 different classes mm. offered on Sunday morning and Wednesday night with 18 separate classrooms, right. a, a church of 99 people. 
So we needed 36 adults just to lead classes. Right. And, and if you had any substitute teachers or anything else, and everybody was just dying from all the different busyness. And there was three kids in a class or two kids in a class or nobody showed up. Right. I can't tell you the number of times the kids showed up and the teachers didn't because they were burned out. Yeah. Yeah. In this church I was referencing, um, one of their one of their biggest issues was we don't have enough people serving. Yeah. And it was like, okay, guys, <laughs> let's put two and two together here. <clears throat> Listen, you know, your staff can't be great at 10 things no they just can't so strategically pick a few things right that they, support the mission not only can they not be great at it they can't care equally about yeah, 10 things that's true these aren't our children i can care equally about my 10 children i can't care equally about 10 ministries when i was that's a right. worship leader children's pastor youth pastor associate pastor i was really a youth pastor that had these other things i had to do right <laughs> but my, my heart was those teenagers not the kids i tolerated in the sunday school class i kind of taught as i studied literally walking from my car to to the classroom to kind of wing it yeah that's the, you can't put your heart into 10 things there's no right. way one of the things i heard you say too is, is be a developer what does what does that mean be a developer um well i mean it it I don't think it's super complicated concept, Jim. It's it's developing people. Interestingly enough, I've been doing some s- study and some research on millennials and Gen Z, mm-hmm. and um, learning that they're seeking roles that fit their lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, Compensation is important to them, but it's less important to them than opportunities to learn mm-hmm. and, and advance. Um, it's less compensation is less important to a millennial and a Gen Z uh, individual than the quality of their relationship with their direct report. Right. Um, and it's less important than having interesting and important work to do. And it's funny, as you said that, the engineer that's recording this is a millennial and he started nodding his head. Okay. Yeah, that's funny. Keep, keep going. Yeah. I, think, I think you're scratching an itch here. So, so. What I'm learning about uh, younger uh, leaders is they really truly want to be developed. Mm-hmm. They want to grow. Uh, they want somebody to pour into them. Right. And so I think if I'm going to get out of the way of people, again, it's again, it seems a little counterintuitive, right? I have to spend some time with them, yeah. developing them and helping them to grow, helping them to figure out what they're good at, what they're passionate about. Um, and uh, how God's wired them and put them together. So there's the self-awareness piece of that, Jim. Yeah. But as I do that, the more I do that, the more I can step back and let them uh, cut them loose, actually. Yeah. And let them do what God's wired them to do and gifted you know, them to one do. One of the teachings that Converge does in the seminar setting is the three circles. The, uh, what's right. your passion? What's your pain? What's your proficiency? And like an Olympic flag would, would overlap those circles where, you know, there's two on top and one on the bottom and they overlap. There's a sweet spot that, that emerges where you say, I'm really passionate about this. This is what I do. When I'm done doing what I have to do, this is what I want to do. Right. And let's say someone just really wants to, just loves kids, for example. And then what's your pain? Like they hate the thought of kids sitting in a church service with no children's ministry right. and not getting anything out of it. And they're coloring on the bulletins and they're they're getting smacked by their mom because they're talking in church and all that kind of stuff. And then so your passion, your pain, what's your proficiency? You know, they, they actually like kids. They like to talk to them. They like to right. communicate with them. Well, that is that is someone who should be released into children's ministry with some guidance, with some encouragement, sure. with some clarity, making sure they have the vision. But that's you're actually you're not wasting their time, but you're not using their gift. To, yeah. to leave them in a service where all they're thinking about is these poor kids. I, I wish someone would care more about them. You right. Know? 
and uh, we can release them into that. So some 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 other thoughts. We're we're kind of running out of time here, but some final thoughts. What else do you have for us? So if I could issue one challenge to pastors and leaders that are listening uh, to this, don't be the guy who wants to hog all the work. Yeah. I think sometimes that's really it. You know, yep. we just want to hog security, identity, the work. Yep. You, you, you got it. So that's one thing. Here's here's another thing. Uh, don't be fooled into thinking you're helping people when you do things for them that they're fully capable of doing themselves. Yeah. yeah. You know, you're not helping right. them. You're actually hurting them. Right. You're you're handicapping right. them. And then uh, one other thing, and I again, I think I've touched on this maybe even in this podcast uh, earlier, is that pastoral ministry has this amazing pull toward the micro, towards yeah. the tactical, at the expense of the macro or the strategic. Yeah. Um, I think pastors find themselves invisibly pulled into thinking about door locks and alarm <laughs> systems and roof leaks and clogged toilets and storage yeah. rooms, and often at the expense of casting vision, working on strategy, and yeah. developing leaders. And, and so... How do I get out of the way? I'm intentional about what the, what I do and what I don't do. Right. Or the micro will take over. Um, I think this thought I'm about to share isn't mine. It's not mine. I've heard somebody else say this many, many years ago. Uh, we have to spend more time working on our ministry mm-hmm. and less time working <clears throat> in our ministry. Yeah. So yeah. the tactical stuff, you know, the, the alarms, the roof leaks, that's working in your ministry strategic stuff means i'm working on my ministry right right Uh, you you come across this a lot right you've got to have dozens of stories where this has been illustrated in various ways give us another one what would be another good story you start with a story but you told us there's going to be two yeah so this was just a few weeks ago uh i was uh working with another one of my clients uh, who was getting ready to go on a sabbatical and the the looming sabbatical was forcing him to trust other people to assume responsibility for work that he had been doing that all along they should have been doing. Yeah. And, and not only should they have been doing it, they wanted to do it. Right. Uh, they <laughs> wanted to do the work. So he had yeah. one-on-one meetings with all of these individuals in preparation for him leaving. And he said, John, you would not believe it. And I said, yeah, I probably will believe what you're about to say. <laughs> Their collective response was, what took you so long, yeah. Pastor? Of course we want to take this off your plate, and we want to take it off your plate permanently. Yeah. And, and, and you know, that mm. thought crossed my mind. You know, maybe all of my clients who struggle with getting out of the way of their people should immediately take a sabbatical. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe that would solve the problem. Yeah. It sure would reveal them, if, if not solve them, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I, as always, uh, you know, John and, and Converge Coaching is here to, to help you. And uh, just, we haven't done this yet, but what's what's your website? What, what is the website that they can contact you on? ConvergeCoach.com. Okay, easy enough, ConvergeCoach.com. Right. Questions and so forth. If you like this podcast, please feel free to press the button, share it with people you know will need this. And uh, we've got another one coming up for you, and that's addition through subtraction. I, this is where we fire half of our staff. Is that right? Where we get to get rid of our well, deacons? Maybe. We get to, uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll look forward to that on the next one. In the meantime, we are rooting for you guys. Uh, leaders are so imperative in our world today, and uh, we are here to help you in any way we can lead healthy, farther, longer, stronger uh, in, in your leadership. So God bless you, and we'll talk again soon.